Welcome to Read My Lips Radio, a lively hour of unscripted conversations with savvy creatives. Producer and host, a.k.a. Radio Red, asks novelists, artists, photographers, designers, comedians, actors, musicians, composers, screenwriters, directors, and technology innovators about their creative passion, inspirational muses, and how they create. Ooh, how those lips can talk. Now, here's AKA Radio Red. Welcome, welcome, welcome. I can't believe it's February 8th. Where is the year going already? I wish 2020 had gone faster and better, but here we are in 2021. So happy to be here. This is AKA Radio Red. I bring you interesting people who live creatively, and we're calling this episode Living Your Ecstatically Creative Life. And ecstatic happens to be a word in the book by one of my special guests today. In case you're wondering how people get on this show, I'm a regular panelist for many, many years at Steve Harrison's National Publicity Summit, which is now the Virtual Publicity Summit. And people come to attend from all over the world looking for media opportunities, like being on this show. They are looking for journalists who will write about them, TV shows that will feature them, radio shows. And I book 20, 30, 40 people 100 people a year from the Publicity Summit. So if you're interested, you can just email me at akaradiored at gmail.com and I'll see if I can put you on my list. Tell me what you do and how creative you are. So let me tell you who my very special guests are. First up, we have a lady who was on a show with me several years ago. I think she sort of remembers me because I'm kind of hard to forget. I'll forgive her if she does forget. Her name is Marilyn Anderson. She's a best she's a boring person, nothing to do with anything. Best-selling author. She's a producer playwright. She's an award-winning writer. She has written for Murphy Brown. Come on, you've all heard of Murphy Brown, the TV show, famous, famous Candace Bergen. She's written for Fame and Sherman Oaks and Friday the 13th, the series, and for Carol Burnett's Carol and Company. Woo-hoo. She's the author of a book we're going to talk about today, personal finance book called How to Live Like a Millionaire When You're a Million Short aren't most of us. And the book I originally spoke with Marilyn about several years ago, it's a relationship book called Never Kiss a Frog, A Girl's Guide to Creatures from the Dating Swamp. Keep swimming, keep swimming. Marilyn Anderson, welcome. Thank you for joining me today. Just a quick hello from Marilyn. It's great to be here. Thanks so much for inviting me. My pleasure. I saw you at the summit. I said, I know her. She wrote the frog book. Don't kiss her. How could I forget you with a title like that? And you have a wonderfully humorous way of writing everything. Your book, How to Be a Mill- How to Live Like a Millionaire, is, is delightful. And we'll share some of the tips and tricks about a creative way to spend less money and live better or the way you want to aspire to without spending a lot. That's the point. And my second guest today is William Joseph Riegler. He spells his last name R-I-G-L-E-R. If you're watching us on Facebook Live, let me go to my page here on Facebook Live. We're streaming on the Read My Lips Radio page on Facebook Live. And here we are. I can see you all. Uh, William Riegler is the CMO of NPO. Walk for the number four piece in Japan. Listen to this. William has taught English to children in Japan, ages three to 12, the formative years for 44 years. Congratulations on that, William. He has been fundraising for 35 years to bring relief supplies to a whole list of countries. I'll just read a few, Ghana, Zimbabwe, 
Thailand, Nepal, the Philippines, Ethiopia, Rwanda, and Uganda. Is that impressive enough? And he's traveled to 67 countries with a message of peace. He's the author of a book. I haven't read it, but we're going to talk about it. Living My Ecstatic Life, William. I borrowed the word ecstatic for the title of the show. And he has filmed Mountain Gorillas. There's the book. And Walking with Lions. William Riegler is smiling. It's it's just now 9.06 a.m. in Japan. William, say hello to everybody, please. Hi, everybody from Japan. Uh, I'm looking at Mount Fuji, and it's the best day I've had this year for a view of Mount Fuji. So good things are going to happen today. I like that a lot. And I also met William at the Publicity Summit, and I said, that's just too interesting to leave off the list of topics we cover this year on Read My Lips. So I'm happy to have you here. So why don't we just all, both of you, I'd like two shout outs. One is just a hello to Josh, our engineer. He's a one, one name wonder, Josh. Everybody say, thank you, Josh. Hello, Josh. One, two, three. Thank you, Josh. Thank you, Josh. Josh. There you go. And we also have to do a shout out to LLL, lovely, lanky Laura Legs, my most loyal listener. You might remember her from years ago, Marilyn. Lovely, lanky Laura Legs. I'm fundraising. It's just fictitious, but it's fun to say. I'm doing a GoFundMe to send her to London because she lives in Whitestone, New York, and that doesn't start with an L, William. So we know that. So I wanted to be lovely, lanky Laura Legs, our most loyal listener in (laughs) London. We're sending her to London. So everybody say hello, LLL. One, two, three. Hello. 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 Wow. Zoom lets us talk at the same time. It didn't used to do that. That's really cool. Maybe my band could play here. So that that takes care of that. And by the way, as I said, it is February 8th. And just for the housekeeping part, this is the 39th day of the Gregorian calendar. And I like to thank Gregorian. I think his mother probably called him Greg or Greggy. I really don't know because she's not around. (laughs) William likes that. But thank you to Greggy. It's we have 326 days left in the calendar at 2021. This is the sixth Monday of the year. But what's important is 326 days, you have time to get something delicious to celebrate the end of 2021 on New Year's Eve. So order it now or brew it, right, William? Brew something in the bathtub or some in the sink in the garage or whatever you've got in your abode and make sure that it's ready to go for New Year's Eve. I usually do this in the middle of the year, but we are just hoping for a better year. And so why not plan to celebrate. I think Marilyn likes that. William likes that. So let's do a couple of more, a deep dive on introductions. I love for Marilyn Anderson to please take some time, Marilyn, put you on speaker view here. Why don't you introduce yourself formally? I gave the overview, but who are you? What do you do? Where'd you get your wonderful sense of humor? And when did you start writing? And how in the world did you get to write for Murphy Brown? Why don't you give us a three minute recap of the wild and wonderful life of Marilyn Anderson? Marilyn, go ahead. I'll tell you, I wasn't always in show business. In fact, I was a scientist. And then one day I said, I don't want to do this. I want to be a star. So I quit my job, sold my car, sold my furniture, sold my boyfriend, didn't get much for him. And I moved to New York to become a star. And I got into a Broadway show a week after I got there. And I sang and I danced and I did acting. And the show ended, not because I wasn't wonderful, but then I started doing stand-up. And I used to go on back-to-back with somebody you might have heard of, Jerry Seinfeld. Oh, yeah. And then... And then one day I said, I either have to take a vacation or get a job. So I took a vacation out to L.A. and I loved it. And I thought I was going to do acting here, but this is where I started writing. So I wrote for Murphy Brown, as you said. I wrote on a show with Carol Burnett. And I've also written books and plays. And um, I have a movie that's out on 
online on Amazon and on Voodoo and other places. And so I've just poured myself now into the creative life and it's been great fun. I love doing it. Marilyn, I have a question and thank you for that. Do you consider yourself a creative person? Do you wake up in the morning and say, I'm a creative person. I'm going to create an interesting life today. How, how, do you, how does the word creativity fit into your lifestyle or what your choices well, are? Well, I've always been a storyteller. And so I think, you know, that's what keeps me going is I have a passion for storytelling and I'm able to do it whether I'm writing for TV or for film or for a book. And I don't wake up and say I'm creative, but I often will wake up uh, or I have dreams that I definitely remember and I get an idea for something and I am compelled to write it. I'm compelled to tell people what the story is. So that's that's where it comes from. Is I love telling stories. And then also as a writer, um, you don't get a regular paycheck. Like my friends get a paycheck every two weeks. Well, as a writer, you might not work for a couple of weeks or a couple of months or even a couple of years. And yet I'm always still doing things. And that's how, how to live like a millionaire when you're a million short came to be because all my friends would say, how does Marilyn live? In fact, the three questions of the universe were, um, is there a God? What is the meaning of life? And how does Marilyn live? <laughs> so I decided I would reveal all my secrets and I put them in the book, how to live like a millionaire when you're a million short. <laughs> very, very, very clever. Thank you, Marilyn. Love your sense of humor and you are taking creativity to the max in so many directions. We'll talk a little bit later about what it was like to write for Murphy Brown. I'd love to know. I don't know if you can name drop or secret drop, but we'll see what we can pry from your lips. There we go. And now it's time to get a little deeper introduction from my other guest, William Riegler in Japan. William, so happy to have you here. And I really appreciate your taking the time. I, I know you've had Zoom fatigue to the point where you were physically fatigued. I wrote read that in some of your notes where you literally will ha- were hospitalized from round-the-clock interviews and round-the-clock appointments. And I hope you're feeling well. So, William, I'm going to put you in speaker view, my dear, and I'm going to ask you to please give us the real story. Who are you? Where did you get this ethos, this ethic of helping people and walk for peace? Where did it come from? William, welcome. Thank you, and hello to everyone. Uh, first of all, uh, my life took a big turn in San Francisco way back, good God, 47 years ago. I met a woman who needed a visa, and she said, would you mind marrying me for a green card? And I said, sure. And so I, we got married, and then I just decided, let destiny fall where it may. And I said, do you want to hitchhike back to Kentucky where I'm from? And she was all excited about that. And so we did hitchhiked across country and we weren't friends. We weren't sweeties. There were no connection. And, uh, but we just decided to let it flow. And here we are 47 years later, two kids, two grandkids. And uh, about 44 years ago, I decided I'll never understand this person until I go to her country. So I decided to come to Japan for a few months. And then I <laughs> went, once I got here, there were so many neat things. I just made lists. I want to take that back and I want to take that back. And that would people in America would love this. And the list just got so cumbersome that I've just finally ended up staying here. And I opened a business, my own business, uh, teaching English to Japanese kids, age actually two to 12. And I've taught over 30,000 of them now. And um, 
it's something I love to do. So when young people at, at uh, seminars about finding your job ask me my advice, I say, find out what you love and do that because that's what I did. And I love teaching children. So it's never, uh, I'm so happy it's Friday. Every day is my lucky day. And I feel so happy to be doing what I'm doing and seeing a difference with children. And besides that, I decided, oh, uh, back in 2012, I started my charity concerts to help the world. And after a while, uh, doing three or four of those while I'm also working, it became so difficult to give my all to my everyday. So I just decided to save half of my salary and use that for world service. And that's what I've been doing for, you know, for the past seven, eight years and um, going to trouble spots, places like have had a, a disaster and mm -hmm. they need, I get a wish list from their host and then go there with the money and get stuff. And I've, taken so many pencils and erasers that I alerted my mothers to anybody who can of the children can help us and we got 80 kilos of that stuff and so now so many people feel connected to helping the world that's what I love to do is help the world and help people feel like they're they have value I'm, I'm almost in tears <laughs> it's really beautiful the way you describe it William when you wake up, I'll ask you the same question I asked Marilyn Anderson a few minutes ago. Do you say, I'm a creative person. I'm going to create a way to help the world. I'm going to create a way to live differently. I'm going to create a way to, to share my knowledge, whether it's English or whether it's how to navigate a mountain with lions, with other people through videos, through books. Do you say, I'm a creative person? Or do you, is, does it just flow in you? What's your thought? In my case, it happens every day. And I look around my house and I think, what do I need? Oh, yes, I need a baby zebra. And if I get a baby zebra, then all of my students can join a contest to name the baby zebra. It's, it's a female. So we did have a big contest, and now they all are happy. The one person that did win got a nice agate from the United States, and she said, call the zebra Lucky. And I just feel so lucky to be with Lucky in a lucky lifestyle. Every day it's like this. And I decided I want to get a, um, what do we call these? Uh, Looks like a little pagoda? No. Uh, oh, the I big can't see. Red bird is not coming up. Okay. It repeats everything that you say. A uh, parrot? A parrot. A yes, parrot. a parrot. Okay. Uh -huh. And I, I told them, I said, you know, I always try to get you guys to repeat what I'm saying in English in a nice uh, way, but this parrot just says everything. I just don't know what to do. And they really think my animals are real. And, it, <laughs> and they love that. And they're so happy. And they please, please hug the please hug the zebra for us and don't forget to feed the birds. And I have bird uh, seed out, but of course they're all not real. And uh, the only real I have is a rabbit and they all know my pet names and they know my uh, rabbit is called Didi, Didi Maya, which is from Nepal. It means uh, sister love. And it just unfolds constantly all around me. And what can I say? I'm so happy it comes also may i tell you this yes. from gratitude uh-huh every day i say thank you and when i'm walking it's left foot thank right foot you not always but 
often to pull me back to remember that don't get caught up in all of it. Remember that all of it is comes back to being grateful for everything that comes to you, everyone around you, and everyone that you can influence. Thank you. That's quite a story, and I was enjoy. I couldn't see. I want my listeners to know, and if you're watching on Facebook, I couldn't see the parrot. I've never thought a parrot was a pagoda, but he had a little. Uh, it was there. We go. There's the red parrot over there. Now Thank you, you very it. much. Yes, now <laughs> I can see it. There looks like there's a pagoda with all kinds of beads on it, and that's what yeah. I was looking at. I have it's to do that cage. disclaimer. A bird cage. Okay. Thank yeah. you very much. Very interesting, Marilyn. What do you think? Do you think gratitude comes into your life as well? You've had quite a ride. You're still having it in terms of your ability to more to be a writer, to be an author, to be a, a spirited comedian, to be an actress. Do you think gratitude is part for you as well? Well, I think gratitude, yes, gratefulness, but I think also you have to be open to the world to come into you. You have to be open to new things. And, you know, as a writer, particularly when I write for film or TV, a lot of the things you do are on spec, so you don't get immediate gratification. You have to give yourself gratification that you've created it. But oftentimes, well, one of my movies it took 20 years before it got on. So from the time you create it to the time somebody sees it and laughs, it can be a long time. So you have to find ways to reward yourself. And it's it's not for the for the faint of heart. But I will say I do get gratitude like when I do live shows and I've started doing a one-woman show on how to live like a millionaire when you're a million short. And what I would do is I would tell people how they could improve their lives or how they could enjoy every moment. And even now during the pandemic, I'm happy to say that I tell people how to live like a millionaire when you're a million short, when you're stuck at home. So I can Uh tell people all kinds of things to do to enrich their life that won't cost them anything. And yet, they will still get to enjoy things that either would cost a lot of money or will improve their lives and they can do it from home. So what I love to give to people and what gratifies me when they tell me, oh my gosh, I love this. Thank you for doing it. You know, So in show business, you have to have a little bit of a hard shell because you don't mm-hmm. get that immediate gratification from other people. Mm-hmm. Um, so you know, I've learned other ways to be grateful rather than, you know, a comedian needs laughs. He needs that in-person thing. So, <laughs> Thank you. I have to tell you, I think it's a funny story. I was uh, one of many hosts of bachelor auctions on Long Island for cancer care of Long Island because I was a, a well-known radio host on WGBB, Long Island, New York. And the people at Cancer Care Long Island found out about me, William and Marilyn, and they invited me to come. So after one Friday night, I was all dressed up in fancy high heels and a sequin dress. And I ran from Merrick, Long Island, where I was doing my radio show, over to, uh, it was a place called, I think, the Galaxy one of those uh, catering halls, big, big, massive place, you know, where you have weddings and bar mitzvahs and all all together in different rooms like Leonard's and Great Neck, which is where I lived for many years. And I ran there and uh, I had recruited a bunch of men who had been guests on my radio show, which was called Up Close and Personal before it was called Read My Lips. And I said to these guys, you remember that? And I said to these guys, come and, and be 
be bachelors. So they had to contribute a date. William, I think you'll get a kick out of this, especially. They had to contribute a date, whether it's I'll take you to a movie and dinner or I'll take you bird watching in Central Park and I'll pay for all the bird seed or I'll take you on my private plane to Washington, D.C. and we'll have dinner overlooking the Potomac. There were, and then the date got listed with the man's picture in the little book in the program. And I was one of the stage hosts. So the general, the men I had recruited were there in tuxedos. They were nervous out of their minds. Some of them were drinking like fish. So a man would come. I'd say, I'm, I'm welcome. I gave my name. I'm looking at an audience of almost a thousand women in this great big ballroom with checkbooks ready, many of them, and the wine and the champagne were flowing. And I called up the first guy and he was so drunk from nerves that he almost fell down at my feet and dragged me down on the stage. I said, no, Bob, get up. You got to do this. So I would read a little bit about him and his date. The reason I'm telling you this is, Marilyn, I sold men at an auction to raise money for cancer care. So well, and I, I say, was a bachelorette, so I was auctioned off. So that's why there yeah, you go. it was such fun and because I was open to doing it. That's right. And it enabled me also to get the free trip to Canyon Ranch Spa that I wanted that was like too expensive. So I arranged oh, yeah. the date there and it was very fun being bid on by handsome strangers. <laughs> there you go. Well, I, I sold one man for almost $1,000. I auctioned him off. I didn't sell him. But when you said you sold your boyfriend, you didn't get much for him. It brought back memories. And I still have some of the of the books of me in this fancy outfit. You know, I'm one of the hosts. I'm one of the... the uh, on stage auctioneers, basically. And I did a few for Cancer Care and I did some for a PATV where I did my TV show in Great Neck a couple of times. And it was a lot of fun. So we did it for charity, but I did sell men, but it was for, for a good cause. You know what, you two, you've been so lovely. I'm going to give you a break. No, William, we're not taking a break. William's got his water and he's got his animals there and he's bearing up very well. I hope you had a good night's sleep. Let's do some celebrity birthdays and let's do some holidays, national holidays you've never heard of. And William, you're welcome to take these holidays that are national in the U.S. and make them global if you want to celebrate them in Japan because it's not my calendar, so it's fine with me. So let's do a couple of birthdays. Everybody remembers the, let's see, who have we got here? Lana Turner, American actress, passed away in 95, but she was born in 1921. I think she was the original sweater girl in the movies. Remember Lana Turner, that yeah, blonde I think beauty? she was just discovered at Schwab's, was she? Sitting at Woolworth's at the counter having a soda uh-huh. or something like that. William, do you remember yeah. those days? Yes? yes. Okay. Audrey Meadows also passed, but she was Alice Cramden on The Honeymooners, mm-hmm. right? Jack Lemmon, who left us way too soon, born in 1925, was born today. I have a wonderful Jack Lemmon story. Please, share, you share. Go hear it? Oh, my yeah, God. Sure. Well, when I was living in New York, I was doing um, – cabaret shows and this one place you know had people coming and going and Jack Lemon came in and played the piano and afterwards I went up to him and I said oh my mom was coming in in two weeks to see him in the play tribute and he said to me oh will you bring her backstage when she comes please and so we went to see tribute and we went backstage and Jack Lemon came over to me and he gave me a big hug and kiss and said hi to my mom and he was so nice you know here I had met him this one time of the show and he invited me and then he acted like he was like my great uncle so super nice man very very nice so you can say in absentia happy birthday Jack Lemon and we happy did, birthday Jack yes we did love so many of his movies the the bad boy the motorcycle jacket guy with the the jacket and the I think they used to call him a, a DA haircut 
James Dean, Jimmy Dean was born today, Rebel Without a Cause, 1955. He was the icon of teen disillusionment back in the day. Do you remember that movie, William or yeah. Marilyn? Yeah. Yeah, sure, Jimmy, Jimmy Dean, Jimmy Dean, not the sausage guy, the actor. Now, I have somebody who's still very, the rest of them are all alive and well, and there's some interesting names here. It's John Williams' birthday. He was born in 1932. He's one of the greatest film composers of all time. He composed some of the most popular, recognizable, and critically acclaimed film scores in cinematic history over six decades, 25 Grammy Awards, seven British Academy Film Awards, five Academy Awards, four Golden Globes. He had 52 Academy Award nominations. He's the second most most nominated individual mm. in Academy Award history. Do you know who is the most nominated? Mickey Mouse, Mickey Mouse. Mickey. Really? Walt <laughs> Disney. Walt Disney oh, was Walt the Disney. most, I gave you a hint, most most nominated. In 2005, the American Film Institute selected John Williams' score to Star Wars. I can't believe it was 1977 as mm. the greatest film score of all time. Wow. And the Library of Congress entered Star Wars soundtrack into the National Recording Registry for being, and we love this one, culturally, history, historically, or aesthetically significant. I think it checks all those boxes. Today is also the birthday of somebody the rest are alive, as I said, Ted Koppel. The news journalist. Mm-hmm. Happy birthday, wow. Ted Co- Nick Nolte, another bad boy sometimes of film. Yes. Nick Nolte, happy birthday. Tom Rush, the guitarist, producer, and American singer-songwriter born today. Robert Klein, the comedian. I'm sure you know about him, Marilyn. Yes, Very interesting guy. Comedian, actor, and singer. They all do more than just acting. They're a singer. They're a producer. They're a writer. Oh, yeah. They're a, a bon vivant. They do something. Everybody's bios are, are this long. Uh, Mary Steenburgen, I think I'm pronouncing it right. American actress. Mm-hmm. Do you know where she was discovered speaking of we had the you ready for this william she was discovered by jack nicholson at paramount films new york office reception room for some reason he was so taken with her he cast her as the female lead in his second movie he ever directed in 1978 it was a western called going south that's how steenbergen was Wow. Discovered. Interesting. Mm-hmm. John Grisham, who hasn't read his books, his thriller novels. He's a lawyer. I didn't know. Happy birthday, John Grisham. And last but not least, a lady who is very funny and very gorgeous, Cecily Strong, actress and comedian. She's been an SNL regular since 2012. Are you familiar with her, Marilyn, on Saturday Night Live? I'm sure. I know who she oh, is. Yeah. She's uh-huh. beautiful. And does yeah. do you get these shows over there, William, in Japan? Do you get Saturday uh, Night Live? We don't get Saturday Night Live. Some shows we get, but because of having to be translated, uh, we often, it's too, too much trouble, I think, on this side. Okay. The Thank Japanese you. audience. But you know what? You can get them on YouTube. Do you have access to YouTube over there? Yes. Yes. Worldwide, I'm sure. So I look have. for Cecily. It's C-E-C-I-L-Y strong. Like, strong, like, well, go look at some of her sketches. She's very, very versatile. I like her second to Kate McKinnon, who is my favorite. I think she's yeah, everybody's like favorite now. Too, yeah. Now let's go to the national holidays before we do a deeper dive into your creativity. Today, Monday, February 8th, is National Kite Flying Day. William, you're first. Do they fly kites in Japan? Yes, uh, very <laughs> popular here. Uh, we, I don't t- believe that we have a National Kite Flying Day here. Of course, it wouldn't be the same as the United States. But uh, yes, uh, people fly kites here. Marilyn, have you ever been told to go fly a kite or have you flown <laughs> <I'm> a kite? <laughs> 
Yeah, that's usually not nice. Although these days, you know, actually go going and flying a kite could be something fun to do because you have to stay far away from people during the pandemic, <laughs> but you can go out and fly a kite. So I would that's say that's right. that's something you can go and enjoy, that's even right. if it's not National Flight Kying Day. That's true. Flight Kying, I like that. Flight Kying. Did you Boy like that? Yes, that's I like that. Latin. It's also Boy Scout Day, but we I'm looking for one of these days we're going to have National Go Fly a Drone Day because we know when I moved into this house in Durham, North Carolina, I found out the drone guy used to live here. His name was Doug. I won't give a last name. They moved back to St. Louis. A year after they bought and built this house, he got a job recall to go back to St. Louis, so I got it at one year old. It's on the water. It's on a beautiful pond with a fountain in the back. It's lovely anyway he was the drone guy so what does that mean they said doug used to fly a drone over everybody's houses <gasps> now this is not the kind of neighborhood william where people are sunbathing in the all together in the backyard i promise you that but anyway i think people were intrigued and probably a little bit like oh, not so sure we're going outside today there's doug's a drone i'll leave that one alone so tomorrow is Tuesday, February 9th. It's National Pizza Day. Do we have pizza in Japan, William? Yes. What yes. kind? What uh, kind? I want to know. Well, uh, really, margarita is very uh, popular, which is the tomato and the basil. And uh, we don't have pepperoni as much here as you do in the United States. But we do have all kinds of pizza here. And it is popular. And, and what, we also what's your have favorite? My favorite? Oh, God. Uh, I like pineapple and <gasps> ham like on mine. William, you read my mind. I used to live in Eugene, Oregon, and they had something Me called too. the Hula Me too. They used to have something called the Hula Lula pizza, remember? It was pineapple, and I think it might have had ham on it as well. Marilyn, what's your, you're blowing me away here. Marilyn, what's your favorite kind of pizza? I like that too, but I would say, what about miso and and Japanese eggplant? They could do that kind of <laughs> pizza there <laughs> i love I, hawaiian pizza which is the ham and the pineapple i like that yeah. or else veg, vegetarian pizza i, I like. don't know about miso but but uh, yes but i think yes uh, japanese eggplant would be good it's also okay here's the one the other part of the holiday is national toothache day Duh. oh, no. oh, no. oh yes that one and it's also that. here's a serious one it's also safer internet day and i'm sure that has all kinds of cultural and political ramifications we won't mm -hmm. go there tomorrow the day after tuesday is wednesday today's monday so two days from today february 10th it's national umbrella day do you have a favorite umbrella william does it rain a lot where you are uh at this time of year it's not our rainy season we have seasons that are rainy in around june etc today uh, we get nice views in the winter because we don't have rain and clouds so much and it's very rare so not, I wouldn't be using one in the near future. But do you remember when we were living, I, not at the same time, I guess, but when I was in Eugene, that was <laughs> one of the capital. They used to say, don't use Maryland. They'd say, don't use suntan lotion. We use petroleum jelly to keep from rusting because in, oh. the, in the rainy <laughs> season, you rust. Oh, wow. William, do you remember that? When were you in Eugene, William? Do you remember the I years? I was in Eugene in uh, just... Right after I got married, 73, 74, and always at the Saturday market. You saw the things that I, before, that I would sell at the Saturday market in Eugene, Oregon, the macrame necklaces. I was so amazed by Marilyn. Her uh, choice of jewelry is so beautiful That's today. Funny, and yeah. I used to sell them in Eugene 
on Saturdays and Sundays at the market. William, I think we were there at about the same time. Oh, good. I think so, because I remember, and I remember the, um, that was the Dickens Fair, the annual Dickens Fair, downtown in the old, it was a warehouse or a tobacco building, and and people, Maryland people were selling macrame hangers for plants, and they were selling homemade pottery, I bought some flower pots, and all kinds of things. It was a beautiful market. They had a place to eat in the front, if I remember, William. You walked up mm-hmm. the stairs, and there was a restaurant in front of the window in front, and then it was booths yes. and stalls inside. It was it was quite interesting. That wasn't the Dickens Fair. That was the every every weekend. I lived out in um, on Edgewood Avenue near a school there. I don't know if you know that part of town. Uh, no. And uh, do you remember when they built the, the, uh, co- the community? It was a... Um, a big community conference center, a huge building for uh, concerts. And do you yeah. remember when they built that? Yeah. Were you there? I don't remember uh, <clears throat> a lot of that period. Uh, I was involved in, uh, how shall I say, uh, oh, other activities okay. that, uh, <laughs> lift the spirits and mind. I see. So, <laughs> I see. Eugene is very famous for that. Yes, we were mostly out on the Mackenzie River. Marilyn gets it. I was teaching disco <laughs> dancing to the masses in a, in a town nearby. I had 250 people in my classes. Oh that was the God. era of Saturday Night Live. And I, we were called, my partner and I called our class, you should be dancing. And 250 people signed up. And I remember we were teaching in a high school, a high school cafeteria about 20 minutes away from Eugene, where I lived. And I got there and they had me dancing on top of a Formica table, Marilyn. And I was in high heels, about three inch heels. And I looked Love at it. the people there and I said, I think we have a problem with OSHA because if I fall off this table, I said, I want you to build me a stage. And so they came back with a plywood stage for me the following week. My partner, who was a man I had dated and we had broken up just before we started the class. So we were sniping at each other and we had 250 people in the class and we were teaching line dances wow. and hustle. It was It was a blast. So I said to them, now, this goes back to the Ginger Rogers and Fred Astaire story where what did Ginger Rogers do the same as Fred, only backwards in high heels, remember? Okay, well, I said to them, I want equal pay. It was something like $3.40 an hour for adult education teaching. And they said, lady, if you want equal pay, you have to start your own dance class because your partner signed you up as his assistant, so you're getting $1.75 an hour. Mm. Oh, my gosh. Oh, yeah. This was in the mid-1970s. And Did they have one of those revolving uh, no, ceiling things? <laughs> but I will tell you, I, mirror bought, ball. I bought a mirror, mirror ball. ball. I bought one out of the Eugene Hotel when they were demolishing it, and I own it. It's here in my music room where my drum kit is. I, I have music. a, tw- I think it's a 24 or 36-inch mirrored disco ball with the motor in it and the lights. I bought it, and it has traveled with me wherever I've been, William. What do you think about that in Maryland? So, and I still have the price Love tag. It. I gave it to myself as a birthday gift back in 1970-something. It was $225, and I have never regretted. It was a lot of money back then. I have never regretted buying my own disco ball because I was a disco dancer. So there we go. So okay. let's move on. Thursday, February 11th. You're going to love this one. It's National Don't Cry Over Spilled Milk or Purchase Disco Balls Day. It's also Clean Out Your Computer <laughs> Day. It's Guitar Day. It's Inventors Day. And the one you're both going to love is it's Make a Friend Day. William, you're going to make a friend on Thursday? 
That's a great idea. I go to a school in the countryside and I, I call the area heaven because the air is good. The people are so laid back and the kids are just as sweet as pie. And so I'll, I'll make a friend. I'll make a promise to make a new friend. Oh, I love that. Marilyn, you're going to make a new friend on that day? I hope I make lots of new friends. I go on so many of these Zoom calls because it's a way to keep connected with people. And so it's a great time to make a lot of new friends. And now I've got William. He's a new friend. And me. I'm a new old friend. Oh, yeah. But when you said up close and personal, boom, 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 boom. You you remember the the show. We're reunited. Yes. Peaches and Herb. Now let's go to February 12th. It's Abe Lincoln's birthday. Celebrated. It used to be celebrated on February 12th. Now I think it's part of President's Day with Washington and Lincoln. It's also Chinese New Year. It's Darwin Day. I don't know whether that's the Darwin Awards for S-T-U-P-I-D-I-T-Y. We can spell that for the kids. <laughs> it's Freedom to Marry Day also on Friday if you feel like doing it again or forever. And it's Plum Pudding Day. So what will you celebrate Friday, William? Chinese New Year, Darwin Day, Freedom to Marry Day, or Plum Pudding Day. What's your favorite? Oh, gosh. Well, I used to love (laughs) plum pudding when I lived in San Francisco for Christmas. So if I could find it somewhere, I I will do the plum pudding. You're going to go look for it on the web. Marilyn, what are you going to celebrate out of those days? Well, I've never had plum pudding, but I think I'll do the Chinese New Year because I love Chinese food. And it's so, oh, and I'll go take out some great Chinese food and enjoy there you it. Go. And hopefully get a great fortune, too. Yes. <laughs> now, Saturday the 13th is National Galentine's Day, not Valentine's. It's the day before Valentine's. It's National Tortellini Day and World Radio Day. And since I do global radio, I'll celebrate that. Josh, my engineer, I'm telling you, World Radio Day. Saturday, but tortellini day. William, what kind of pasta do you have in Japan these days? Oh, gosh. Well, I'm a cook. I was a chef in Mm. San Francisco back in the 70s. And uh, I was at the Hudson Bay Inn on Union Street in those days. And so I can make it anything you want. You tell me what you want, and I'll have it ready for you. I by love the time that. you get here. <laughs> by, by the time I get here. Yes, that's, that's a little bit of a stretch of the imagination. Do you have a favorite pasta shape or a tortellini, something you have over there? I know they're filled um, little little well, pockets. I, I, really, I really enjoy lasagna. So uh, I, it doesn't have to be a cute little shape. It can just be plain old, uh, delicious, lots of cheese and meat and uh, good sauces. And yeah, that's I'm Good happy. Sauce. Good sauce. Marilyn, you eat tortellini? I I love pasta of all kinds, you know, penne, tortellini. Hello. Hello. I, I love it. Me too. And, um, I actually have something new in my in my freezer. I have cauliflower gnocchi. <laughs> so I haven't tried oh, that my. one yet. That's something new. I got it at Trader Joe's. So I'm trying now to be healthy. So I'm eating lots of little cauliflower specialties instead wow. of pasta when I can. So I haven't you, tried it yet. I'll have to let you know how it is. <laughs> Marilyn, do you know how to make cauliflower mashed? No, I make them. I don't buy potatoes anymore. I buy a big head of cauliflower, three seventy nine, at my Harris Teeter. Put it in a big soup pot. Put put it about oh three quarters of the way up the cauliflower. Break it. I cut out the hardcore in the middle. Break it in not in little pieces, in big pieces. Put about halfway up the cauliflower, whatever's there, with water. 
cover it, steam it, and then you take one of those electric, uh, the little stick blenders. Right. And you pour all the water off and you blend it. And you can add cheese. You can add seasoned salt. I use Johnny's. You can add cheese, anything you want, and it becomes cauli mashed. It's made by a famous restaurant here in the States, and it's, ah. it's cauliflower mashed potatoes. And then I put it in a couple of small bowls in the refrigerator, cover it over whenever I want a side dish, whether it's with chicken or with salmon, I'll take a couple spoonfuls, put it on a plate, heat it in the microwave. So it just looks exactly like mashed potatoes. But and I know potatoes are good for you, but I tend to put a lot of stuff in potatoes like butter, you know, <laughs> I put a little bit less in cauliflower. The kitchen smells like cauliflower, admittedly, but it's delicious. So next time you get a hold of a cauliflower and you feel like, William, would that something you would make? Yes, I love to get new tips, and I wasn't expecting new tips on Read My Lips, but I'm so happy. (laughs) Thank you for that. You're welcome. I have... I have cauliflower pancakes, which are, and I, I have the cauliflower pancakes and I put like applesauce and maybe a dollop of either cottage cheese or, or um, sour cream, sour cream. And I also sometimes put like smoked salmon on it with a little thing. And the cauliflower is just, the pancakes are great. They're just really good. And I'm thinking I'm being healthier than if I would have regular pancakes. We Thank try, you. don't Thank we? So much they, for that. I appreciate and that. And that's very creative too, right? It We're is. And do you know, do you know that you, I think you can buy pizza with a cauliflower crust now. Yeah. I've gotten just the cauliflower crust wow. a couple times and I, I didn't like it. it. I didn't like no, it. But mine like fell apart. It, yeah. it fell apart. So I like the pancakes and I like the, the, Make the Instead best of potato potatoes. pancakes. I get the yeah, but I'll try that absolutely. And Sunday is Valentine's Day and National Donor Day, which is also a good way of giving and showing gratitude is to give, donate. And they didn't say whether it's organ donor or not. Just quickly, Valentine's Day. How do you celebrate it over there, or don't you, William? What do you do? Well, it's very different than the United States because women give men chocolate, huh. so it's opposite. And then a month later, exactly on March the 14th, which they call here White Day, and uh, that on that day, the men give back to the ladies. And because this culture is a very um, um, obligation-oriented culture, so mm-hmm. if you're connected with somebody at, at the office, of course, you're going to have to get every, all of the men chocolate. And then, of course, they're all going to have to be thinking of uh, White Day. So Japan is very um, enterprising, shall I say, <laughs> with their holidays. And so it's, hmm. I, I'll have to wait and see if anything comes my way. Okay. Well, you're going to let us know. Marilyn, how do you celebrate Valentine's Day, if I might ask? Well, I have a Valentine. So we'll, we're, they just reopened outdoor dining in L.A., but I don't know whether we'll go out that night because it'll be very crowded or whether we'll have takeout mm-hmm. and have it inside. But I'll spend it, you know, and uh, I've had some very funny Valentine's days in the past with an ex-boyfriend who get, once gave me a, a six-pack of Diet Coke for, for oh, Valentine's M- Day. Are you right? serious? And I said, yeah, it was terrible, you know, so, but... <laughs> But I didn't let it get me down, even though we had just started dating. And I thought, oh, this is the first Valentine's Day. I'm going to get something because usually I'll have broken up with somebody before or not met somebody till after. And I was so excited. And then he gives me a six pack of Diet Coke, which he thought was very thoughtful because he didn't believe in diet drinks, you know. But I said, no, that doesn't work. 
but uh, we, I did some funny things that day too. I took, it was, it was when you had to have like a lot of tests to mm-hmm. see if you, you know, had certain diseases. So, but we always said we wanted to do it anonymously. So I wrapped up a big uh, red package with a big bow and you opened it up. And I said, you said you wanted to get those tests anonymously. So I had hats and nose and glasses in there. <laughs> <laughs> and and then I gave the restaurant waiters nose and glasses to wear. And so that became kind of a theme of the night. It was funny. But huh. Oh, that's better than funny. Diet Coke. <laughs> I remember I once years ago got a vacuum cleaner for a birthday present. And I said, what? And the person oh. said, I only believe in utilitarian gifts. And I know you needed a new vacuum cleaner. I said, a little lingerie, a little box of chocolates, a good bottle of wine. You got to give me a vacuum cleaner. Seriously? Yeah, I picked a good bottle. Okay, we'll let that one go. Long ago. Yeah, go ahead. Another thing, since we're talking about creativity, is you don't have to spend a lot of money to really give something fun and meaningful. These days, you can make a movie with your phone or make a collage or write a poem. When when the Blair Witch Project came out, my boyfriend at the time was bald, so I made him a little movie called The No Hair Witch Project. <laughs> and I put a bald pate on and glasses, and I played him, you know, and it was really fun and very personal. That, so you that can do cool. creative things, Yeah. And by the way, thank you both for playing along with the national holidays we never heard of and don't really care about, but what are we going to do for them? Part of the show, I appreciate that. Marilyn, I want you to share something from your book. We don't have to talk about Never Kiss a Frog. That's the one you talked about with me years ago, but the one about how to live like a millionaire. Can you give a tip? What do you think people would like to know about, whether it's staying for free in a four-star hotel or whether it's getting a, well, we can skip the dresses, Broadway shows. What do you think people would like to know about that would be a valuable tip from your book and then William will we'll go to you in a minute and we'll find after Marilyn we'll find out a tip on living an ecstatic life so Marilyn well, what do you I, think well one of the things I talk about is rules to live like a millionaire by and these are things that can not only help you get things for less money but also enrich your life and the first rule is ask or make an ask of yourself and I'll tell you if you just think to ask um, whether it's something small like if you want to I had a I had a rug that needed cleaning an area rug and I called the place and they said $120 and I said what and I said well are you instead of hanging up I asked I said well are you having a sale anytime soon they said well actually we're having a two-for-one sale now now notice they didn't tell me that right up front Mm -hmm. but I asked well I didn't have two rugs but I hung up and I called a couple girlfriends and another girlfriend had a rug. So because I asked, we each got it for half price. Another thing, when I went to Nordstrom's, I saw a gorgeous thousand dollar jacket. It was beautiful, but I couldn't spend a thousand dollars. So I asked, oh, do you know when this is going to go on sale? And I made friends with the sales girl, which is another a rule is make friends. And so she would call me every couple of weeks when things, when it would go on sale and she'd say, oh, it's only 800. I said, that's too much. <laughs> oh, it's only 600. Well, that's too much. Well, about a month later, she called, she said, it's $300. So I went in and I said, well, you know, I love it. It was the last one, but it's still kind of expensive. So she went in the back and she said, how about $149? I'll give you the family and friends price. So Ooh. I got a thousand dollar jacket for $149, A, because I asked and B, because I made a friend. And one other funny ask story is I was taking a trip and to Puerto Rico and I was alone and I got up to the terminal to the desk clerk and she said, do you want a window or an aisle? And I said, 
just put me next to a handsome man. She said, oh, well, why don't you stand back there? And if you see somebody you like, give me a sign. I said, oh, I couldn't do that. So I went and I took my window seat. And then the planes start filling up and people start coming down the aisle. And this really good looking guy comes down and he stops at my row and he puts the baggage up on top and then he sits down and as the plane is taking off he turns to me and he said you know it was really the weirdest thing he said as soon as I said I wanted a window seat the clerk said have I got a seat for you (laughs) so because I asked we went out that night we went out the rest of the time he paid for everything but it's like ask and you shall receive so those are two little rules and in stores, when you go ask if they can price match, because a lot of stores these days are price matching. I will never go to a Staples or a Best Buy and buy something that's just priced as it is. I will always ask, can you price match? And you can save literally thousands of dollars every year, whether you're talking about toner, supplies, or a computer or a printer. Make sure you ask if they price match, because they will. Thank you. Great tips. Appreciate that. And now on a completely different way of living the more of the life you want. William Riegler, I'm going to put you up on speaker view. Thank you, Marilyn. William, tips for, we've only got nine minutes left of the show. William, take a couple minutes and tell us your definition of the ecstatically creative life. What you, from your experience in Japan, teaching for 44 years, going to 67 countries, working around the world to help with relief after disasters. So what are your tips for that better kind of life? William, go ahead. Well, you, as I said before, find out what you love. And what I love is traveling. So I decided to marry the feeling of traveling plus giving. So I, I travel to countries and give uh, stationary goods to children Uh, needy kids. And so I was doing that in Luanda and uh, talking about ask, a young lady came up to me and and asked me the biggest question in my life almost. She said, would you be my dad? And I was just shocked. And the reason she asked me is because her parents and grandparents were killed in the genocide. And after she asked and I said, Oh, of course, I would be honored. And then not no one else heard that, but other people, the whole trip came up and asked me, would you be my father? And would you be my grandfather? And it was very tear-jerking, I will tell you that. And uh, so she made this Rwanda costume for me before I left, a royal costume. And I would never wear it to work. It's just too nice. But because your show is so special. I decided to put it on. And the other thing that I'm wearing this, um, it's kind of like a banner Mm -hmm. is uh, I went to the Philippines. I was invited to a, to a King's birthday party that I had never met. And I thought, well, let's make peace mission Philippines. And so I took 30 kilos of uh, pencils and erasers and stuff for children. And when I got there, he was so shocked because all the people he had invited were rushing there to get in the photo op. No one was thinking of what can I give? And so he adopted me into his royal family and knighted me. And now my title there is Prince. And so I'm Prince William. And all of that because I wanted to give to children and all this good stuff came back and gave me. He's 
he's up on my wall back there and he's giving mm -hmm. me the uh, uh, Ambassador of Peace Award at a international uh, uh, peace day. It's uh, September 21st is the day uh, ceremony and has given me lifetime achievement awards. And, I, and for 33 years, I worked all around the world and nobody even batted an eye. And then when I decided to take goods to a birthday party for little children and after that, I just, my walls are filled with appreciation and it's, I didn't do any of those things for appreciation, but it really feels good to look in your life ecstatically, trying to live your ecstatic life and reminding, ah, oh, yes, that, that was that, that was that, yes. So keep doing good is my mm -hmm. point. Thank you. That was that was lovely. And I will tell you that one of my guests on one of my business shows, I use a different name for those shows, named me as his top three people he wanted to send a virtual big hug to. And he thanked me for reaching millions of people with my insightful radio shows and for spreading good good thoughts and my smile and my energy and sharing so much with so many people. And I will tell you, I was just about in tears, William. It was such a lovely accolade. He said, my top three superstars I'm sharing a virtual hug with. And he posted it on LinkedIn. And so many people commented. And it wasn't about a popularity contest. It was about being acknowledged, being appreciated, and being feeling empowered that what I'm doing as well, different from you, different from Marilyn. Marilyn makes people laugh and think and live better. William is into giving and sharing in a different way and empowering people and trying to right wrongs in so many countries and facing fears, uh, spreading kindness. I'm reading from your list here, empowering possibilities through giving, setting goals, living your uniqueness. William, thank you for that top 10 tips to live your ecstatic life. I appreciate it. And I'm into to holding conversations that let people who may not have anything in common with, and today this is just a, our show is just a conversation. There's, other than the theme of how do you live a creative life, that's all I wanted to talk about with the two of you. And I've been enriched by getting to know both of you. We have three minutes left. So thank you to both of you. And stick around after because I want to take some group pictures. I didn't do that before. But listen, I want to close before we start. I have, before we end, I have a couple things I'm going to read, some messages. Marilyn, I found some of the things I used to close my shows with back in 2014 when it was up close and personal. And, and they're really cool. But quick. Quickly, William, if you had to leave for a little while and I gave you a box of 12 by 12 by 12, that would be inches, not feet or miles or yards. What two things would you put in that box that would tell us something about you? Just quickly, William, two things that would go in the box if you had to leave in a hurry. Uh, probably uh, this uh, necklace for peace uh, that I've worn all around the world. And uh, if it was something else, uh, well, maybe... Maybe the uh, I have a Muslim hat that uh, the king gave me in the Philippines, and I treasure it. And I don't ne ever push religions, but mm -hmm. I treasure our brotherhood. Those would be two things that I... Thank you. Marilyn, other than your phone and maybe your lipstick and that beautiful necklace and, <laughs> and your husband, your sweetheart, what would you put in the box? Marilyn, quick. Two I probably put my book, How to Live Like a Millionaire, because that tells you all about me and it also gives to you so much. Mm -hmm. And I put uh, a smile because I love to just oh. smile. 
and laugh and have people enjoy life. That is lovely. And we have one minute left. And let me read to you the messages I used to read on the radio show. And I think they're so appropriate. I found my notes uh, about a couple weeks ago. And I said, wow, this is really cool. Let me do this. So here we go. Life is short. Break the rules. Right, William? Right, Marilyn? Forgive quickly. Kiss slowly. Is there any better kind? Love truly. Laugh uncontrollably. And never regret anything that made you smile. And here's the other message. Work like you don't need the money. You've heard this, but there's a twist. Dance like no one's watching. I hope somebody is. Play the drums, which I do, and hope everybody's listening. Sing like nobody's listening if you're off key. I don't sing so well. Love like you've never been hurt. Money talks. Chocolate sings. And last but not least, to our radio audience, thank you for turning me on. Woohoo! Marilyn Anderson, William Riegler, Wave goodbye to the Read My Lips audience. And thank you, Josh, for being our engineer. Everybody, we'll see you next Monday, the day after Valentine's Day. We'll see how you all did. Bye-bye. Thanks again for tuning in to Read My Lips Radio, presented by the Voice America Variety Channel. Tweet your questions and comments to at Radio Red 777. Join host, a.k.a. Radio Red, again next Monday at 4 p.m. Pacific Time, 7 p.m. Eastern on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. We wish you a positively cool, creative week.